Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Augie of the Blago Blabber podcast. I would like to welcome everyone to another segment of the show. Uh, a lot to get to today on today's episode. Uh, Manchester City Premier League title, Bronny James, commitment to USC. I'm kind of late on that. Uh, Inter Milan and Manchester City in the finals of the Champions League is LeBron retiring and Carmelo Anthony retiring. Plus, I'm going to try to do a little bit of uh, some other stuff, maybe Doc Rivers, uh, Balogun choosing to play for the United States as opposed to England, Monty Williams getting fired as the coach of the Phoenix Suns. We'll see. There's a lot to get to. So let's just get started right off the bat. So first of all, congratulations to Manchester City. Uh, for winning the third consecutive Premier League title, as hard as that is to, for me to say. Um, Arsenal completely bottled it the last month and a half or so. Uh, when you take a look at their matches against Liverpool, Southampton, and West Ham, they drew all three. Up 2-0 against Liverpool at Anfield. Southampton, you were down 3-1-2. And then you basically scrape out a 3-3 draw. And then the West Ham draw as well. And West Ham was in a lot of trouble when Arsenal had played them. And you probably should have... You could have lost that game. You could have lost the game against Liverpool as well. And then they lost to Manchester City, Brighton at home where they got embarrassed, and Nottingham Forest, which was this past weekend. And the funny thing is, they defeated Chelsea and Newcastle. Newcastle's been incredible this season. Chelsea, I know, has struggled, but it's still a derby match. I always say in the derby match, there's no, uh, there's no real favorite. So, uh, like it's just, it's a letdown because the same thing happened last season over a four game stretch where they lost the battle for fourth. And it was, it was Brighton. I remember it was Brighton and Southampton involved in those matches. And I can't remember the last, two. I think maybe West Ham was as well. And I think we lost to Man City, but. It, it's it's kind of the same format or the the same heartbreak as last season, just for two different positions. So last year it was for uh, top four and getting into the Champions League. This season it was winning the Premier League title, which is a letdown. And one match left, which is against Wolves at home. We'll see the type of lineup that, that Arteta sends out. Not that it matters anymore. I mean, you're finishing second anyways. Wolves are staying up, so there's nothing to really play for for either team. Uh, the Williams Saliba injury pretty much derailed the season. And when you had to throw on holding and QBR, QBR especially, who hadn't played almost at all, uh, it's a tall ask. And I thought QBR was actually decent in considering he hadn't played all season. And then when he was thrown into the fire, I thought he was pretty good. The only thing I'll say is that match against Brighton, I mean, you know, you allowed that goal where I think it was Evan Ferguson that stepped on his on his foot. I mean, that's a clear foul. Um, but I mean, what do you say, right? Like, it's a kid getting thrown into the fire, and I thought he was played as 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 well as he can, apart from that little mistake. Holding Holding's time at Arsenal has been done for a while now, and that's why Arsenal is kind of experimenting now with possibly getting Ben White to go back to center back and bringing in a right back um, to play because Tamiyasu is is just very injury prone. Wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the players that sold in the summer. I I like him a lot. I think he's very good attacking and defending, but you just can't depend on him. 
you really can't depend on him. He's injured a lot. And when you're fighting for titles, when you're fighting for Champions League spots, when you're fighting for cups and all this other stuff, you need a full roster and you need guys who are ready to play every week. And he has shown that he cannot play every single week. The top players simply didn't perform in the last four or five matches. Uh, Party was basically on the bench for most of the matches, didn't start them. Zinchenko got injured, but we didn't use Tierney. So I have a big, 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 big problem with this. Tierney has been class since he joined the team from Celtic. Class act. Never complained about anything. Did whatever the team wanted him to do. And now all of a sudden Zinchenko gets injured and we're running out Xhaka who is on his way to Bayer Leverkusen in the summer. We're playing him at left back and not Kieran Tierney. I don't think that's fair. Because we're quick to, and rightfully so, we're quick to always... Talk about players who complain and whine about game time and contracts and all this stuff. Tierney does none of that, and he still can't get minutes at the club. So when you look at Tierney and you say, well, if a guy like that can't get minutes who hasn't done anything bad, then how does anyone get minutes? So I have a I have a big-time problem with, with Tierney not playing. I hope he at least gets to start the match, the final match against Wolves, because he deserves that. And he's a damn good player. And the way that he's treated, I don't think is fair at all. And Arteta should be disappointed in himself that he has treated Tierney this way. Again, if he was a guy who was creating problems, I'd have no problems with him not starting. But he's been a class act since he's been here. And it's not fair to uh, let him play let or not use him when, when Jaka has done some crazy stuff at the club over five-year stretch. Just throwing the armband on the floor and not subbing off quickly when we needed a goal and we were down. I think that alone for me would have been the last try and never would have used them again. But to each their own, right? Uh, Martinelli got injured and we just... Trissard just wasn't as impactful as he was in the previous two months when he got here. He just wasn't uh, wasn't as sharp as I'd like. And uh, I think a lot of fans share that same... Um, same frame of thinking, so to say. And Gabriel Hayes' goals just dried off. Dried out. Dried up, I should say. Uh, he's not exactly a goal scorer. He's not someone who's going to score 25-30 Premier League goals a season. And that's why Arsenal are going to need to go out and buy a center forward who can score 20, 20 to 25-30, whatever, goals a season. You you, you have to have a, a player who's capable of doing that. Just look at Erling Holland, right? The guy scores goals for fun. And serious reinforcements this summer, right? Like we're, we're hearing a lot of um, guys could be sold and you're going to need reinforcements. We've heard about Declan Rice. We've heard about Caicedo. We've heard about some other players. Vahovic is kind of on the market as well, but it looks like Chelsea's in pole position to get him. Uh, Bayern Munich, I know, is, is very interested as well. So we'll see what happens around him. But you need a center forward who can score goals. And that's a big issue for this uh, team, it's 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 nice that you can have three, four, five guys who can score ten goals a season, but you need a talisman. You need someone who can score twenty, twenty-five a season in the Premier League, and I think that's going to be the big objective this summer. You're going to need strengthening in in these central midfield positions. So, you know, Declan Rice and and, and Caicedo. <clears throat> so it makes sense that those guys are being mentioned. Again, if you're moving Ben White to center back, you need a right back. The question that I have with that is, who is the odd man out? Because now you're going to have Ben White, 
um, Gabriel and William Saliba. So one of the three guys isn't going to start. And I think the odd man out could be Gabriel. Maybe Gabriel leaves this summer. I'm not too sure. But I like Ben White as, as a right back. I really did. I thought he played a good portion of the season extremely well at right back. I would say 80-85% of the season he was exceptional. So we'll see what happens with that going forward. And again, these are just rumors. Again, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I mean, it, it, it's just very interesting. Uh, shift gears to a different sport. Bronny James commits to USC. So a few weeks ago, Bronny James committed to USC. Uh, he's built his rep up this last year. I think he went from a three-star player to a five-star uh, recruit. And I've been... So this is kind of cool now because I'm at an age where I got to watch a lot of NBA players and now their sons are kind of coming into the league and they're picking their colleges where they're going to further their education and hopefully make the uh, NBA. So, you know, just DJ Wagner is, is a guy who's highly touted. So he's Dewan Wagner's son. Jet Howard is supposed to get drafted this year. Um, Jawan Howard's son, uh, Cameron and Caden Boozer. Looks like North Carolina is interested in the two of them. Ray Allen the third, Larry Hughes the second. Like there are plenty of guys who have sons who are coming up. And it's going to be very interesting um, when they, if and when they do make the league because now we could kind of compare them against their fathers, right? And I think that that's pretty cool. And and I say that with like no real pressure on the kids. I'm just curious to see how well they do compare to their fathers. That That's just basically it. Nothing more, nothing less. Will they be more successful? Will they be less successful? How many playoff appearances? How many MVPs if they get to that point? God willing, they do. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to p- compare those guys to their fathers. And I, I just think that's such a cool... Um, thing that we kind of get to watch and we all know Melo's son as well is is kind of picking his colleges as well and just just to see if they resemble the fathers in in how they play the game and I think that's just going to be a really cool aspect in the next four or five years um LeBron James mentioned that he likes playing with John or with Bronny that's his kind of dream but he doesn't know about you know Bronny's dream so so that basically tells us that if Bronny is a one and done he'll be in next year's draft basically what that tells us if he stays two years i don't know if lebron's going to be around for that long but if he says that's his dream i'm I'm sure he's willing to wait it out uh Bronny james does have a 6.1 million nil deal and i think that the coverage for Bronny will be crazy uh so jay williams on espn says that he could be like zion 2.0 i can see that i can see that happening it's a big deal lebron is one of the best players to ever play in the nba and you know, this is his son coming up, right? So this could be this could be huge. And he decided to stay at home. Um I thought that he would I thought that he might go to Ohio State just because I think that was LeBron's school of choice if he had to go. I know North North Carolina was kind of being mentioned there as well, and Duke with Coach K, but there's a lot of Ohio State talk. So I thought I thought that he might pick Ohio State, but he decided to stay home. And who can blame him, right? He's uh, in LA, uh, California. So you know you you can't criticize him for picking uh, USC. And USC has a great class coming in next year. So they're going to be fighting for. I truly believe they're going to be fighting for a title next season. Switching gears back to uh, soccer, so Inter Milan and Manchester City meet in the Champions League final. So not exactly the sexiest final. Um, 
I just wanted to talk about the uh, tie between Real Madrid and Manchester City. I said when that first match finished, Real Madrid had to win that by at least two goals to have any chance of going through. They didn't. They drew, right? So Manchester City was just way better in the, in the, in the second leg, in the return leg. Um, Real Madrid couldn't get anything going. The first felt like first half they couldn't get out of their own 18-yard box. And Manchester City just pile on the pressure, score the goals. I was hesitant or I was a little bit worried about Manchester City after the uh, World Cup for one reason. I spoke about it on a podcast I think that, that I did right after the World Cup. A lot of their players suffered heartbreak. A lot of their players... Uh, with their national teams didn't achieve what they set out to achieve, which is ultimately winning the uh, World Cup. And I thought that that would play a huge part in the second half of the season, or second unofficial second half of the season. And it didn't. Uh, I thought De Bruyne would hit a wall. He got better. Uh, Erling Holland, I didn't. He had some injury concerns, so I wasn't sure about him. Bernardo um, Silva wasn't that great for Portugal. I was worried about him. Ruben Diaz as well. So, like, there was a lot of question marks there, in my opinion, and how they would come back in that second half of the season. And, obviously, they won the Premier League title. They can get a treble during the Champions League final where they're going to be the overwhelming favorites. And, yeah, so, so it's been a successful season for them, to say the least. And they haven't been able to win the Champions League trophy, and this is going to be their best chance to do so, and I think that they will. Uh, the Inter Milan versus Milan match, I, I think Inter Milan was just better in all segments. Uh Inter Milan should have scored four or five goals in the first half of the first match. They didn't. And Milan had two really good chances in the second half. Uh, Messias missed from, I think, six or seven yards out. He missed an entire net completely. You can't do that in a big match like that. And Tonali hit the post in, I think it was like the 70th minute or something like that. If those two goals go in, I think, I think Inter Milan still has enough to get by. But it makes it that much more interesting in the second leg. And Rafael Lau was back for the second leg, but it just, I mean, he missed some time. So you, it, it's tough to ask a guy to, you know, miss a few games and then step in and, and produce right away. So overall, a very good season for Milan, making the semifinals of the Champions League. If you told them that at the beginning of the season, I think they take that. Inter Milan is is a is an interesting team. I don't, I don't think that Manchester City is going to have an easy time with them. I don't think this is... At least I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think, and then by a blowout, I mean I don't think they're going to win by three or four goals. Two maybe, but three or four, I don't think so. So, like I said, not the sexiest of finals, but Inter Milan has, has deserved it. I think they've, they've had a fairly good season this year as well, and the Italian teams played really well overall. When you take a look at, you know, where they Fiorentina's in the final of the Conference League, you had Inter Milan and Milan in the semifinals of the Champions League. You had some teams in Europa League. So, successful season for Italian clubs who have struggled over the last, like, 15 years or so. Uh, LeBron James retiring, question mark. I don't think it's happening. Like I said, he's expressed a desire to play with his son. And like I said, if he's a one-and-done, he'll be in the league next season. Sorry, in two seasons. And it's kind of like, is LeBron putting the pressure on the organization to bring in players to push him over the top because he said he's he's he doesn't play for western conference finals or eastern conference finals wherever he's playing 
he's absolutely right. He plays for titles. Every every player plays for titles. But when you're used to getting there all the time, this isn't like it's not a successful season for the Lakers. And Lakers are probably Lakers and Celtics are are probably the two teams who anything but a title isn't a successful season. And you don't blame them. There's a lot of history there, a lot of titles. They've won a lot. Rivalry as well, ironically. So obviously he's not happy with how the team went out, getting trounced by the Denver Nuggets 4-0. Congrats to Denver and and Jokic Murray and and the coaching staff and all the players. Just an absolutely amazing uh, season for them. And now they're off to the finals, deservedly so. And... Yeah, I, th- I think it's just LeBron kind of putting the pressure on the coaching staff for the team to get better for next season. And then after that, we'll kind of see what happens. Like a lot of a lot of what happens next year in the next free agency, next year's free agency, I think a lot of it is going to depend on LeBron, like what he wants to do, right? And is, is Bronny coming out, which he probably is. I don't know how many years LeBron has left, right? And LeBron hit a little bit of a wall. I mean, we have to admit it, this playoffs. I mean, he he's a lot slower, and I get that he was a little injured, but he's out there. He's playing, so you know what I mean? Like, we can't just continue to make ex- excuses for him. So we'll see what happens with that. I give it, like, a 1% chance that he's going to retire because he's, he's kind of – this has always been his dream to – not. I shouldn't say always, but, you know, the first time that he saw that there's a there's a chance that he could play with his son, I think it was a dream for him to play with him, so – I mean, you're so close to it. I don't see how he can retire now. I just don't see that. Unless he's had a talk with Bronny and said, listen, I know it was my, a dream of mine to play with you, but like, I can't do this anymore. Which I don't think is the case at all. He's having the first major surgery this, this summer. So, I mean, we'll see how well that goes. Like the healing process and how long it takes him to get back into basketball activity. But I, I, I can't see him retiring. There's no way. There's no way I can see him retiring. And then obviously Carmelo, who officially retires. So six-time All-NBA, 10-time All-Star, three-time Olympic gold medalist, 2003 NCAA champion with Syracuse, 2003-04 All-Rookie team. He should have won Rookie of the Year that year, but that's a story for another day. Uh, 12-13 scoring champion, ninth all-time leading NBA scorer and NBA 75th anniversary team. So a lot of accolades not a title, which is, which obviously is going to leave a little sour taste in his mouth. Bounced around the league a little bit towards the tail end of his career, so it's it's still a successful career. I mean, ninth leading scorer of all time—that's a huge feat. I mean, you have to consistently average twenty-five, about twenty-five to twenty-seven a game for however long he did it for 13, 14, 15 years. That's, that's a lot. And you can't miss a lot of games. So he did that. I remember following it at Syracuse and there's two players that I followed like in terms of watching their games as much as I can. And that was Allen Iverson and Carmelo Anthony. Like Carmelo, probably a little bit more than Van Allen Iverson, but I followed both of their careers like very closely. Carmelo is just one of my favorite players, probably even behind Allen Iverson, probably my second favorite player of all time. And then obviously I followed the Raptors as well, especially back then. 
felt like I watched every single game, all 82 for like a 10-year stretch. So LeBron is basically the last guy left out of that class standing, right? Bosch retired, Wade retired, Melo retired, a lot of the other guys retired early or just didn't even make it into the NBA. So all in all, a very good career for Camelo. Obviously not winning a title leaves a sour taste in his mouth, but he's he's a Hall of Famer easily. And I'm glad that he got to go back to New York and play in front of the home crowd, so to say. Always a dream of his as well. Played well there. Had some success in the playoffs. But again, just never really got to that title. Um, Doc Rivers getting fired. I mean, it didn't surprise a lot of people. It surprised me a little bit. I, I got to say, I, I understand the blown leads and all that stuff. Like, I, I, I totally understand that. But if it's true that James Harden was kind of like the catalyst for getting Doc Rivers fired, I don't think that makes sense because I don't think James Harden is back next season. So the fact that a player who's not back next season was the catalyst to get a coach fired doesn't really make much sense to me. I don't know. That's just me, though. It's not really his problem next year who's the coach here. So, and again, blowing leads is not good, obviously, and he has a track record, and I think he can only live off that one title for so long. And I think Doc Rivers does more with less. The, the, the Los Angeles Clippers team that he had that had so many injuries, he did an excellent job with that team. He got them to a playoffs, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. He did a great job with them. So I don't know. Is his next job maybe a team that's on the come up? Maybe. Because I don't know if he... I, I, I think that he feels too much pressure coaching a team that has high expectations. So, I, I mean, I don't know. That that's just kind of my take on it now that I've seen him blow so many leads. Like, is he maybe a better coach? Is it better for him to take a team that doesn't have high expectations? Kind of like, I guess, when Dwayne Casey came to Toronto and then he went to Detroit. Like, is that the type of job that he's looking for next? Because I think the expectations just got way too big for him and he just couldn't live up to it. And it cost him his job. And like I said, I hope... I hope James Harden wasn't the main reason for him getting fired. If it was Joel Embiid, then he's the MVP and I could he's the cornerstone of their franchise, their franchise player. I can kind of get that. But if it was James Harden, I don't get that at all. I really don't understand that. And I think the next coach that they hire is like we'll see if it's if it's Mike D'Antoni, I think James Harden could be back. Because he loves I mean, James Harden loves D'Antoni. D'Antoni loves James Harden, so that's the only way that I can see him coming back. Apart from that, he's expressed his desire to go back to Houston where he loved playing ball. But that's a team that's in... Like, there's a lot of young players over there. They're not expected to win for a long time, right? And they have, what, the second, third overall pick in the draft? So I don't know how that's going to work out. Unless they trade some of their young players and like Jalen Green or Kevin Porter or something like that. So I don't know. I, I really don't know how that would work out. And I understand that he wants to play in Houston because he he loves Houston. So I, I get that, but it seems like a weird move. Weird move. Does he maybe go to Lakers now? James Harden? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. 
Uh, what else do we have? Balogun committing to the U.S. men's team. So I'm not going to act like I know too much about the U.S. men's team. I know that they have issues with scoring. I think getting Balogun, a guy who has a who's had a really good loan spell at Rams this season, is a huge get for them. I, I want to see him uh, get some playing time at Arsenal next season. I would love to see what he can do with in like a full season with the squad. I'm not saying he starts every single match, but I wouldn't mind him coming off the bench with a couple cameos and starting some matches maybe in in some of the cup games and guys get injured right like Gabriel Jesus missed a huge portion of the of the season essentially from what was it January to mid-March late March early April was it something like that so I get that he's he's not that young anymore either I mean he's not a 17 18 19 year old kid He's 21-22, and he's had a great loan spell, and this is what you want to see. Now you question if it was the right... Co- like, what, what, what's his priority, right? I think he's going to get a lot of playing time at, for the U.S. Harry Kane still has another probably World Cup to go, and maybe one Euro and probably one more World Cup. But apart from that, like, you have Oli Watkins, who had a great season, but, like, who else is on the come-up for the... For England, right? Which I think factored into his decision as well, maybe. So I don't know. I I really don't know. Like I said, I would love to see what he can offer to Arsenal in a full season. And it looks like he might not get that. It looks like Arsenal could sell him. Which I honestly don't really like too much. But uh, yeah, it's just... I'd love to see what a what one of our own kids can do when given um when given playing time. And like I said, he doesn't have to start. I mean, you could bring him off the bench. He can come in for Gabriel Jesus. Gabriel Jesus doesn't have to start every match either. I mean, we saw Eddie and Kedia play a bunch of matches, and I understand that he, Gabriel Jesus was out, but still, it, it's the the one thing I'll say is once you lose Arteta's trust, it feels like you can't get it back, and that happened to Eddie and Kedia. I think Kedia had a, had a spell where he scored like five goals in five matches. He didn't score in his next four or five, and then he just never played again. And I feel like Arteta does that a lot. And I feel like he picks favorites a lot. So we'll see what happens with Balogun. In my opinion, I would keep him. And if I were to loan him out next season, I would loan him loan him out to a Premier League club. Because I want to see what he can do in the Premier League. That's just me. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think I think that Arsenal will sell him. And they're going to use the money from his sale to replenish other positions. So that's the podcast for today. I covered a bunch of topics, a bunch of sports. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy that. I like talking a little bit about everything because you could switch gears a little bit and talk about some other stuff. But yeah, thank you for listening to the podcast. I appreciate it as always. Remember, you can listen to this podcast on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, or wherever else you listen to your podcast. So until next time, uh, take care, and we will talk again down the road. Take care, guys.